Welcome, my name is Connor, I'm one of the pastors here at Whitewater, and I'm so glad that you have joined us in person, but I got to give a special shout out to those of you online. Can we, for those of you in the in room, can y'all just give a big round of applause? We love you, church online. We love y'all tuning in. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Did y'all get enough turkey to eat? Maybe for those of you who don't like turkey, maybe some ham. <laughs> I hope y'all had a great Thanksgiving. I'm excited to continue with you in our series called Sparkle. And the idea behind Sparkle from the book Sparkle Box is that we let our light shine by living in generosity and filling our sparkle boxes with things that we have done or given to bless other people for Jesus. Now, I want to read the book to you, but before I do, I have a confession to make. And some of you all are like, it's never good when the pastor makes a confession. I promise it's going to be okay. For years and years, my sister and I had a tradition where we would engage in the sport of Black Friday shopping. We would tighten our shoes, we would wear clothes that would allow us to slip in and out of the defense of the crowds, and we would pray for glorious discounts. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, can I get an amen? <laughs> and I would be determined, y'all, I promise, I would be determined not to shop for me, but to shop for other people. That was my intention, I promise. But we would show up to the first place to conquer, and after about five minutes of walking around the outlet mall, we would see 50% off, basically free, right? We walk a little bit further, 60% off. They're basically giving this stuff away. I mean, what do you want me to do? We walk a little bit further, 75% off. Man, they're basically just putting this stuff in my pocket at this point. And we would come home from celebrating a glorious victory, but I would realize that 86.5% of my purchases were for me. <laughs> and my Cyber Monday purchases were uh, not any better for anybody else in my family either. Man, that's my confession. There you go. Some of you should join with me in the confession. And y'all, for this year, 2020, I am so excited for this year to be over. But I'm also very excited and hoping that it can end on a good note through the holiday season. I mean, our family has never, ever put up the Christmas tree before Thanksgiving, ever. But it's been up for like a month this year. I'm like a month, seriously. But in all seriousness, this really has been a hard year. Many of us have lost loved ones, lost jobs, lost dreams, lost memories, had weird Thanksgiving, like what is that even supposed to look like? Were we even legal, you know? For so many reasons on all sides of the spectrum, many of us can't wait for Christmas to come. If we could just have the old normal nostalgia of holidays, enough new stuff and a partridge in a pear tree, then maybe, just maybe, this year won't go down as such a bad year. But what if I told you that that was a lie? What if I told you that true contentment, true happiness, true commitment, true celebration doesn't come from what we would think is normal when it comes to Christmas? In our book, Sparkle Box, the main character, Sam, experiences something similar, and I want to read it to you. Snowflakes swirled through the air as Sam and his mom stopped to look in a toy store window. 
With Christmas only a few weeks away, Sam needed to make his Christmas list. He tugged on his mom's sleeve and pointed to the train. He loved the shiny red engine. Must have been 50% off. Later, as Sam and his mom curled up on the couch to read a Christmas book, something sparkly on the mantle caught his eye. Mom, is that present for me, he asked. Sam's mom tousled his hair. It's a special gift called a sparkle box. We'll open it later, but we need to fill it first. Sam was excited, but it was hard to wait. Driving home from school the next day, Sam's mom stopped at a building he had never been to before. She asked him to help her carry in some food and blankets. Sam peeked in the box that he was carrying and noticed a box of macaroni and cheese, his favorite. What are we doing with this stuff, Mom? She smiled and said, we're giving it to people who don't have enough food to eat or blankets to keep them warm. But inside the building, Sam didn't see anyone who looked cold or hungry, just a nice lady with a big smile who thanked them. On the way home, they drove by the park. It was dusk, and the pretty Christmas lights had just come on. As they stopped at a traffic light, Sam noticed someone on a bench, curled up and sleeping. His mom noticed, too. That's someone who may get one of our blankets, she said softly. He doesn't have anywhere to live. Sam felt bad. It would be sad not to have a home to live in. Sam hung up his coat. It was good to be home. As he sat at the kitchen table to have a snack, he noticed the sparkle box gleaming on the mantle. Mom, did you put anything in the sparkle box yet? He asked shyly. Well, actually, I did put something in it today, she answered, but it's still not ready to be opened. We need to add a couple more things to it. Sam wondered what was inside. The days flew by and soon it was time for one of Sam's favorite events, the Christmas party at his dad's office. There was always lots of delicious food and a present for every child at the party. Sam's dad thanked everyone for coming. He talked about how blessed they were when many people in the world struggled for something as simple as clean drinking water. He said a village in Africa would receive a special gift this year thanks to money donated by employees and their families. The gift was a well that would provide clean drinking water for the entire village. Sam asked his mom if his family helped. Yes, dear, we did. He looked around. The grown-ups were smiling, but he saw tears, happy tears, his mom whispered. As his dad tucked him into bed that night, Sam thought about his Christmas list, and that reminded him of another present. Daddy, did you and mom fill up the sparkle box yet sam asked well we added something to it tonight but it's still not ready to be opened sam drifted off to sleep wondering what was inside a few days later sam was filled with excitement as he shopped with his mom tomorrow was a school party there was a christmas tree called the mitten tree where kids could hang mittens hats and scarves for people who needed them sam picked out the biggest pair of mittens he could find he also bought a candy bar for himself with his own money. When he turned to leave, Sam heard the tinkling of bells. He looked up and saw the man from the park bench coming in. The man seemed tired. Sam looked at the candy bar in his hand and thought about the mittens in his bag. He looked at the man's hands. They seemed cold. Sam's heart began to pound. As quick as a wink, Sam slipped his candy bar into the bag with the mittens and pressed the bag into the man's hands. 
Sam ran out the door shouting, Merry Christmas. His mom gave him a hug. I'm proud of you, she whispered. I know that wasn't easy, but you brought a little light into his world tonight. Sam asked his mom if they could drive by the park. As he watched the flame on the giant candle blink on and off, he thought about how unfair it was that some people didn't have a home to live in or food to eat. Soon it was Christmas Eve, the most special night of the year. Sam and his family gathered at their church for a Christmas Eve service. They sang songs and listened to the story of the first Christmas. Then in the darkened sanctuary, a single candle was lit. That candle was used to light other candles, and soon everyone was carefully passing the flame from one person to the next until the whole room was filled with a magical light. Sam looked around, how lovely, how peaceful they all looked, as they shared the light. On Christmas morning, Sam ran downstairs as fast as he could. Under the tree was the train with a shiny red engine. It must have been 50% off. And what was that? A sparkle box. Sam could hardly wait to open it. He sat on his mother's lap with his dad snuggled in close. Sam slowly lifted the lid of the box Inside, there was just a few pieces of paper with words written on them. Puzzled, he took the papers out and began to read the words out loud. Mittens in a candy bar given to someone in need. Warm blankets and food for the homeless. A well in Africa that will provide clean drinking water. Sam's mom explained, Sam, the sparkle box is our gift to Jesus on Christmas Day, his birthday. Sam was confused, but... But we didn't give Jesus a gift. We gave things to people who needed them. His mom smiled. You're right. And no gift could make Jesus happier. He taught us that whatever we do for other people in need, we do for him. So each year we'll think of some special gifts to give Jesus. We'll write down these gifts and put them in the sparkle box. On Christmas morning, we'll open up the box and read out loud the gifts we gave in honor of his birthday. Sam thought about the man curled up on the park bench, the mittens and the soft blankets, and the well that would provide clean drinking water to the village in Africa. He looked at his mom and smiled through tears. Happy tears, Sam whispered. Y'all, I took this book home a few weeks ago and read it with my wife, Abby, and um, I'm not an emotional guy at all by any means, but man, this book was ruining my sparkle swag, y'all. It was so good, y'all. I love the message and the heart behind this book, but in order for us to do this, in order for us to sparkle, it's going to require us to shift our hearts and our minds away from what we would consider as comfortable, controllable, and familiar Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 6. He said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What is treasure? Treasure is anything that can be earned Or own. So think of things like your money or your car or your house or your stuff or your phone. Those are earthly treasures Jesus is talking about. And what is Jesus saying? (laughs) Check this out. Jesus said, Don't lay up treasures 
on earth where moth and rust destroy, but lay up for yourselves treasures in where? In heaven, right? Inside this sparkle box, I have a rope. (laughs) And I want you to imagine that this rope represents a timeline for your life and for my life. And I want you to also imagine that this rope doesn't have an end. I mean, I want you to imagine that this rope just goes on and on and on. I mean, it doesn't have an end. It goes forever and ever and ever, right? So it's a timeline for our lives. Now I want you to imagine this. You see this small piece of red rope? Church Online, do you guys see that? This represents our time here on earth. This represents 80, maybe 90 years if we're really, really, really lucky and don't drink any Mountain Dew, right? Like 90 years tops. And this is what Jesus is saying. Your treasure, in this short amount of time, everything loses value. Things rust, your home collects dust. The car, once you drive it off the lot, decreases in value significantly. The 50% off sweatshirt Black Friday sale that you had to have four years ago is now fading because of the hundreds of times it's been washed or the hundreds of times it should have been washed. (laughs) And we save up for this much amount of time so that we can live our best lives in retirement in this much amount of time. And most of all, all of the stuff that we gain in this short amount of time, it ends, it stops here, boom, it's done. This is what Jesus is saying. Why in the world would we bank our life, our meaning, our significance, the way we spend our money in this short amount of time here. Don't do that. It doesn't make any sense. Listen, heaven starts here and goes on and on and on and on and on. It doesn't have any end. Now, we can bring heaven to earth here, but that's another sermon for another day. But anyways, heaven goes on and on and on. And here's the deal, guys. Nothing in heaven depreciates nothing loses value it goes on and on and in heaven there's no more there's no more death there's no more sickness there's no more covid no more autoimmune disease no more debt no more cancer for many of us no more cancer is a really big deal especially this week I want to take a 30 second time out and speak to someone who was invited by a friend or maybe even drug in by a friend. Maybe this is your very first time here at Whitewater or first time watching online. Here's my heart for you. I want you to spend eternity in heaven with God for forever. But I also want you to experience the freedom that Jesus brings here right now. Today, not, not millions of years later, but today, right now, the freedom that Jesus brings. That's my heart for you. And how we spend our money here and what we believe here can impact our lives and our family's lives and our community radically for forever and ever and ever, but it can also have a massive impact
So the first thing that Jesus shows us in our text in how to sparkle is to invest eternally. Invest eternally. Say that with me. Invest eternally. When you put a slip of paper in your sparkle box, it's a gift that you are giving to Jesus and he can use that to impact someone's life for eternity. And treasure that is laid up in heaven is laid down on earth. Remember our story in the book, Sam gave away his mittens and candy bar and the family gave money away to provide clean drinking water. You guys remember that? That's an example of treasure given to make an eternal impact. Even if it's a small thing, it's still an act that can bring an opportunity for somebody to come closer to Jesus. And then Jesus says something interesting in verse 21. He says, where your treasure is, your what? Your, there your heart is also. I would never ask you to do this because it would be extremely, extremely weird. But let's just say we got together one afternoon and we sat down and we took a look at your bank account. What would we see? Now, I would never ask to do that. That would be so weird, okay? Just relax, it's fine. We're just pretending here. But what would we see? I'll tell you what we would see. We would see where your heart is because we would see where your treasure is. And where your treasure is, your heart is. Jesus goes on in verse 22. The eye, somebody say eye. The, come on y'all, you can do better than that. The eye, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye, somebody say eye. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye, somebody say eye, is bad, your whole body will be full of light. Of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So Jesus is talking about treasure, and now he's talking about eyes and light and darkness. What's going on? How many of you have seen the movies The Lord of the Rings? Y'all seen The Lord of the Rings? Okay, so for those of you who are missing out on one of life's greatest treasures, <laughs> you should go back and watch the movies. But in the meantime, there's a character in the movie by the name of Schmeagle. Now, Schmeagel is an ugly dude who is obsessed with this ring. And what does he call the ring? My precious. <laughs> he calls the ring my precious. And he searches and he searches and searches. And searches and searches for this ring. And it drives him crazy. And he is always looking for the precious. And his eyes were consumed with what Jesus is calling darkness. This is where it starts, y'all. Maybe some of you have heard the word materialism or consumerism, where we consume things that we don't need to impress people that we don't even like. And the bad thing is that businesses know this. Bafton Marketing recorded that businesses in the U.S. spent over $197 billion in marketing in 2019. They want us to buy their stuff, and we do. They want us to look at their stuff, and we do. Now, I want to stop and just be very, very clear here. Please, please hear me on this. Money, clothes, cars, houses, stuff. I'm not saying that this is bad. No, not at all. These can be good things. You having money isn't bad until your money has you. You having money isn't bad 
until your money has you. When those things grip your heart and capture the attention of your eyes, that's when it becomes a problem. Maybe you've had an experience in the past where somebody told you that money was evil. Or maybe somebody told you in your past that you had to spend X amount of dollars and give X amount of dollars away in order for God to love you. And friends, that is so far from the truth. I have a 15-month-old son, 16 months now, and I want Titus to be so blessed. But I also don't want his blessings to be his curses either. God wants you to be blessed, friend. And by the way, Jesus doesn't need our money. When Jesus talks about money, which is a lot, by the way, it's never actually about money. It's always about the heart and the eyes. And if you don't believe me, then answer this. Do you really think that the God of the universe is dependent on whether or not you or I give money to his church to thrive? No. But God loves us so much that he allows us to play in his game and for his glory to bless the socks off of people. He wants us to be generous, to give lavishly. Listen, y'all, we need, to, we need people who see not money, not stuff. We need people who see other people and who see Jesus. Can we take our eyes off of the news and onto the needs of people around us? Can we take our eyes off of social media and onto social justice? Can we take our eyes off of our credit cards and onto Christ Jesus? Listen, y'all, you can either be filled with compassion or consumerism, but you can't be filled with both. In our last verse, Jesus said, No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot. Lean to the person next to you and say, you cannot. Church online, if nobody's sitting next to you, just text somebody and say, you cannot serve God and money. So Jesus says, choose me or money. Do you want to sparkle with me or do you want to live without me? But before you decide, just know that money is a terrible God. It always demands more, but it's never enough. It's not reliable. Unemployment rates can attest to that. And it has the potential to make you and me a stingy jerk face. But Jesus is an amazing God. He's trustworthy. He has always provided and he always will. He is the essence of generosity because he literally gave himself away, including his life. Jesus' generosity made it possible for you and for me, for us to be able to be forgiven of sin, no matter what we've done and no matter where we've been. To, to be able to bless other people, to have a relationship with God for now and for forever. You want to know the best way to sparkle? 
Look to the light of the world. Jesus. Trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. Trust Jesus with your life. Trust Jesus with your family. Trust Jesus with your money and your finances. I think the root of not being generous is a lack of trust in God being able to provide for our needs. <laughs> Y'all, when I am not generous, when I'm a stingy jerk face, it's because I'm not trusting Jesus to provide for my needs. I told you about mine and my sister's tradition of Black Friday shopping years ago. Fast forward a year later, I'm sitting in a college dorm room complaining to my friend that the college debt is racking up and money is short and frustration is rising in me. And he asked me a weird question at the time. <laughs> he said, are, are you giving money to Jesus at church? And I said, no, I can't afford that. I make like a hundred bucks a week and I got bills to pay. But like what any good friend would do, he looked at me and his look said, shut up and try it. <laughs> so I did. The next Sunday, I, I went to church and I put 10 bucks in the offering thing. Really didn't think anything of it until, well, it was the first time I had ever done it. That was the only thing I thought of it. The next day, I, I went to my college mailbox and I found a letter with a card in it. And I opened up the card and it was from family friends of ours from back in my hometown. And the card said that God had put me on their hearts this past week. About the same time that I would have had the conversation in the college dorm room. And they said that they wanted to encourage me while I was at school. And what was also in the card was a $100 check some people would say that that was coincidence. I don't. I believe that God was telling me, I got your back. I got your back. Trust me, even with your money. And from that point on, I've always given. And I would go as far as to say even now that I can't afford not to give. And now i got to figure out the sparkle box thing. <laughs> I know that some of you have had the worst year of your life. I want you to know that I see you. I see your prayer requests come through our prayer wall and our website and calling in and emailing in. I see you. Some of you are in a season of blessing and I want you to know that I see you too. I believe that whether you are rolling in unemployment or rolling in the dough, you have the chance to be generous with your money. All of us. Every single person here in this room and online. Because giving isn't about equal gifts, it's about equal sacrifice. Meaning some people could give five bucks and some people could give 5,000. And it's, and it's not about equal gifts, it's about equal sacrifice. Imagine what our lives, imagine our families, imagine our city. If we got this right. If you filled your sparkle boxes, and I filled my sparkle boxes with slips of paper of things that we did to bless other people. If we really took this seriously and made this holiday season like any other. I believe that no kid in the tri-state area 
would go without a gift for Christmas. I believe that our local schools would be supported and they would have what they would need and maybe more in order to love both students and teachers. I also believe that our families would be changed, that marriages would be restored, and that chains of generational stingy jerk-facedness would be broken. And 2020 would be the start of the best Christmas that we would have ever had. I have some really cool opportunities for you and me to add to our sparkle boxes and be generous. Three ways. Number one, for those of you in the room, as you leave, you can take a blue bag with you. Fill it up with food and bring it back next week. And this is for our food pantry. And y'all, our food pantry has been such a blessing to our community. So much so that we're able to even bless other food pantries. That's pretty cool. Number two. We have a Christmas Eve offering coming up. Go big. 100% of the proceeds goes to outside of the walls of Whitewater for the sole purpose of bringing people hope through faithful and proven partners at Whitewater. And number three, get to Jesus at Whitewater. I'm so proud of our people for being generous during a pandemic. David has called our church a financial unicorn. <laughs> right now and that is because some of you have said yes to blessing the socks off of people but i believe that our church family has only scratched the surface of our potential of generosity sparkle on people let me pray god thank you thank you for being generous towards us thank you for loving us Thank you for allowing us to trust in you. God, thank you that you are trustworthy and you're worth standing on. And God, I've seen you time and time again provide for my need. And so thank you. And I ask that you would do the same for each and every person watching this and every person here in this room. You've provided. So thank you for your son, Jesus. I pray this in his name.